Hey, friends, you know that feeling that there's too much to do to market your book and not enough time to do it? We can get so overwhelmed by all our ideas and start spinning our wheels on all the things, yet get nowhere near achieving our marketing goals. That's why I invited my friend Krista Hutchins to be my very first guest on Book Marketing Mania. She's awesome, and I know you will love her as much as I do. Krista is a wife and mom, an accountability coach, host of the Just One Simple Thing podcast, and author of Moving Forward, Inspiration for the Go-Getter Jesus Girl. Y'all, Krista is the absolute best at helping you prioritize your ideas, map out a doable plan, and keep you accountable to moving forward on things you said you were going to do. No matter where you are on your author journey, whether you're just now writing your book, just about to launch your book, or your head is swimming with ideas to grow your platform, this episode is for you. So let's get to it. Hi, I'm Kim Stewart, and this is the Book Marketing Mania podcast. Let's learn and share together what's working now to meet new readers, market your message, and make a bigger impact online. Hey, Krista. So welcome to the Book Marketing Mania podcast. I'm so glad you're here today. I am so glad to be with you and so excited for your new podcast. Congratulations, Kim. We've all been waiting for you to do this. So thank you for doing it. Oh, thanks, Krista. You're one of my biggest cheerleaders, mm-hmm. and everybody heard me gush about you in my introduction. So before we get started, though, for those people that might be new to um, you here on the podcast, or maybe they've even been following you for a while, will you share a little fun fact about yourself so um, people can get to know you better and maybe something that they wouldn't know if they are following you today? Okay. I am a girl raised in the South in in Mississippi, and I do not wear shoes in the house. Absolutely (laughs) not. It's the first thing that happens when I walk in the door, no shoes on. And it was the best part of being locked in during the pandemic because I went, I think I might've gone like two or three weeks without putting shoes on at all. And it was just (laughs) amazing. So yeah, I'm not a shoe person and I never wear them in the house. Oh my gosh. Are you a a pedicure person? Um, I just recently, and actually I just got home from getting a pedicure right oh, now. Yay. So I have a fresh <laughs> one right now, but yeah, I, I do get one like, but not like every month or something. Yeah. I do get them. Not religiously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Okay. And then also I want to ask, what is your, I should know this already. What is your Enneagram number? I am a three with a really strong two wing. So Ooh. I love serving people, but I also really want to be efficient and effective and want people to know that I can help. And so that's uh, kind of how it manifests itself for me. Oh, good. Well, I know we're going to be digging into that today. So Krista, as I'd mentioned before, I wanted her to be my very first guest because I know on the podcast, we're going to talk about all the different things you can do to market your books. But I do believe in only picking the one thing that you know you can take action on that works best for you, your readers, your values, your goals. And so that's why I wanted to, Krista to kind of come on and kind of lay that firm foundation for us before we start digging into all the episodes about all the things. I want everyone just to think, 
let's always make sure we're doing what's right for us and we can learn about all the things and go to all the conferences and we get all the information constantly on social media. But sometimes we just have to narrow it down to what is best for us and our business, or our ministries. And so that's what I wanted to talk to Krista about today so she can help us kind of make sense of all that. So let's start building that foundation and let's first jump into Krista. So, you know, I'm fresh off at the time I was recording the Spark Christian Podcasting Conference. I know a lot of people have gone to She Speaks or Speak Up. We have all these online summits. I mean, it's just constant, constant, constant year round. Now it used to be like maybe just in the summer we'd get overwhelmed, but now it's year round. We get all this really great information, which is wonderful, but then we do get kind of overwhelmed with what to do with it all. So let me ask you first, how do you think um, authors can capture all the ideas swarming around in their heads that they hear about and prioritize them to kind of determine which one they um, ought to be focusing on right now for their own business or ministry? Well, yeah, you said a really great word there, which is capture. And that is one of the things I think is really important is that you need to have a place to pull out all those ideas and save them away from where they, where you heard them, heard about them. So for an example, if you just went to the Spark conference, you need to go through your conference materials and pick out the ideas from there that you think are for you and go ahead and pull them out and put them in either a Trello board, a notebook, index cards, however you want to store those ideas so that you can refer back to them later. Because if you don't do that, they just get lost in all of the what you know all the notes you took or whatever conference notebook you might have gotten mm-hmm. or or worksheets that they gave you at the conference. You can easily lose those things because they're all mixed in with those um, notes. And when you go back in saying, oh, I think I remember something about that at the Spark conference, and you start going back through your notes, guess what's going to happen? You're going to find all kinds of other things that you had forgotten about (laughs) from the Spark conference (laughs) that you're going to get a bit of shiny object syndrome. So you might have gone in there to those notes really intentional about what you were looking for, but you come out with five or six more things you think you need to do. So go through those notes really carefully and decide what really are things that are for you during this time and capture them somewhere. I think that's the first piece. That whole capture piece is a part that we don't do very well usually. Mm -hmm. Yes. Very true. Very true. And then I think as you're trying to whittle them down, there's two things I think you really need to keep in mind. First is we start a lot of times with the solutions, with the ideas, without really thinking about the problems we're trying to solve. So we might be looking at the solutions and the ideas and saying, oh, well, everybody is doing this. I must need to do it. Or they said, this is what's really going to be successful, so I better do it, without really having a clear idea of what problem we're trying to solve with that idea. So I really encourage you to turn it around Think about your problems. What are the barriers that you have for taking the next step in whatever it is you're doing, whether it's your writing, your marketing, um, your podcasting, whatever it is, what are your barriers? What are the ones that are causing you the most pain right now? And then evaluate all those ideas against those pain points and make sure that you're implementing ideas that are going to solve your pain points, or at the very least, don't make them any worse, right? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so uh, I know I'm really guilty of, you know, time is one of my biggest barriers because I work full time in addition uh-huh. to what I do. So time is one of my barriers and I'm constantly finding other things I want to do that are going to take me even more time. And that's just making one of my biggest pain points harder on myself. And so I need to be more aware of that, that how is this solution going to make one of my pain points better or worse and start there when I'm choosing which things I want to implement? That's so good to think about that, especially when we start marketing our books and get swarmed by all the things. So once we have determined what is the one thing we're going to move forward with, we've kind of narrowed it down to we think this is the right thing for us right now. And we know our pain points. How do you think authors could go about creating like a realistic action plan so that they they have kind of come up with what they want to do, but then now it's like, how do I take action on that um, idea and not let it just kind of fall by the wayside as we chase the next thing that we hear about? Yeah, I think what first the first step of that, and it's kind of a follow-on to sorting through your ideas, is first being really clear on the resources you have available to work with, whether that's time, whether it's money, whether it's what you know or not. You need to understand those resources before you start making a plan, because if you make a plan that takes up too much time or you make up a plan that includes things you don't know how to do, then you're just you're going to get stuck right there. So first, take a kind of an inventory of what resources do you have available and let that inform both your selection of ideas to um, to work on and inform your plan. And then once you're really clear on the things that you're going to do, I I help people create what we call the six-pack plan. It's really simple. It's really just a piece of paper divided into six blocks, put six squares, and we put um we put dates in each one. And so the block can rec- represent a week or each block can represent two weeks or it can represent a month, whatever you, whatever works for whatever project you're working on. But for a book launch, let's say you're going to do a six week launch period. So you may make it blocks of each one representing a week. Then take your task and distribute them out within those six blocks. And the really great thing about this is it gives you a visual. If you see 10 things all in the second block, you know you can't do all those things in that week. And you have to move them out and put them somewhere else and put them in a different order or sequence. It also keeps you from feeling that urgency that, oh, I've got to do everything the first week. I've got to work on all these things right now. But when you can see them on your plan that's spread out over six weeks or three months or however you set up your six pack, then you can say, okay, oh, I remember I need to make these, um, I need to make these bookmarks for my launch team. Oh, wait a minute. That's on my week floor, week four box. I don't have to do that today. I can just put that aside and not worry about it now because I will do it when it's on my plan. So having the six-pack plan really helps you to just divide things into manageable chunks and then be able to monitor your progress as you go through that plan. Okay. And Krista, is that six-pack something that we can get um, as a free resource from your website? Absolutely. You can um, head over to doanewthing.com slash mania, and I will have links there to any resources that we talk about today that will help you with your book marketing planning. Okay, great. And one thing I do remember, is is it a part of the six pack or maybe something else is, can you just touch on how you are a big advocate for us putting things on the shelf sometimes? 
Yes, that is a concept that I learned uh, from Lisa Allen at Proverbs 31 Ministries of putting things on the shelf, which means things that are really great ideas, things that you want to do, but they're not for you to do right now. They won't fit in your plan. You don't have the time or the resources or whatever, but you still know you really want to do them. So you can put them on the shelf. The six-pack worksheet actually has a box for the shelf. You can put it on the shelf and and then it's right there in front of you so you don't forget about it you can see it you can touch it and if possible when it's time you can then take it off the shelf but you haven't forgotten about this thing that you really love and you want to implement and so as you're going through your six-pack if you get about halfway through your six-pack and realize oh hey things are going a little better than I expected I've got a little bit extra time you can go to your shelf and pull some things off and add them to your plan or you can say oh things are a little bit rough I'm not going to be able to get all these things done I can pull some things off your plan and put them in your shelf so that you still have them to do later and they're not cluttering up your plan. Oh, I love that. And cluttering up our minds, which are full Mm -hmm. already, right? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Okay, So we've narrowed down one thing we're going to take action on, and then we have filled out our six-pack plan. So now let's talk about staying accountable to the plan we set. What are some tips you could recommend authors to be accountable to either themselves or an accountability partner to really give their one thing a go before chasing that next shiny object that we're all guilty of doing? Well, one of my favorite tips for being accountable to myself is when I come up on one of those shiny objects that I really want to do, but I'm not finished with what I've already committed to do, I make that shiny object the reward. I put it at the finish line. So if I finish this thing that I have to get done over that I already committed to do, when I finish it, I can start on that shiny thing. And so the really great thing about that is it it does two things. Number one, it delays that gratification so that, you know, when you get to where you are able to do it, you're like, oh, well, maybe this really wasn't such a great idea after all. (laughs) You know, it gives you a a minute to reevaluate and make sure it's something you really should do. If it is something really cool that you want to do, it motivates you to finish what you've already started because I want to get to the finish line and be able to do that really cool thing that I want to try. So that's a tip for motivating yourself for being accountable to yourself. But if you need some external accountability, which almost everybody does, I hear this all the time. You know, I I only did this because I knew you were going to call and check on me today. I hear it constantly. Um, Is that to understand what type of accountability partner you need or that you will respond to. Some people really just want a cheerleader. They want someone who says, that's it's great. It's all right. You did a good, you did the best you could. It's okay if you didn't get that done. Just keep going. And they just want the cheerleader to keep them pumped up. Other people want the drill sergeant who's going to come down hard on you, you know, drop and give me 20 because you didn't get this, these words written today. You know, they want somebody who's going to be really hard on them and really hold their feet to the fire. And so you need to understand yourself and the way you work to make sure that you, which type of person you want. When I'm working with people, I, I do what I call tough grace accountability, which means that I love you and care enough about your uh, dream that I'm not going to let you use it excuses, but I also understand that life happens, things get in the way, and we just have to roll with those things and and replan, but not just use it as a long string of excuses. So I'm all for tough grace accountability. 
<laughs> I love that. You are good at that. <laughs> uh, okay. So let's talk about getting our things done, right? That we've, we've planned to do. We've got our kind of project plan in place. We have some accountability in place, but sometimes we decide, like you talked about our different resources that we have, and maybe we don't have the time and we do have maybe a little bit of money to do some outsourcing. Can you talk about your experience outsourcing with VAs or maybe you've outsourced with other people too, but I know you're always kind of my go-to to ask these kind of questions. And can you just share some tips for authors that might be thinking about outsourcing to a virtual assistant and what you would recommend for just getting started as far as keeping on track with their plan they put in place. So they kind of manage that project, their tasks or deadlines, how they communicate with a VA. I know that's a bigger conversation that I'm actually going to have in the future with a guest, but I want from your accountability coach standpoint and your expertise with working with VAs, just can you kind of share some tips if authors are looking at outsourcing to a VA, what you would recommend as they're getting started? I think the scariest thing if you're working with a VA for the first time is handing things over to somebody else that you're used to doing yourself. And so I think you have to start by evaluating all the things you need done and saying, okay, which of those things can only I do? I'm the only one that can write the words. I'm the only one that can reach out to certain contacts or whatever it is. But but challenge yourself on that because you may think you're the only one who can write the words, but you know, someone else could probably take the words out of your book and create social media posts for you. Right. So challenge mm-hmm. yourself a little bit on what you think only you can do, but start there, start with the list of things that you want the VA to be able to do for you and make sure that those are value added things that really need to be done and really need to move you forward. I had this conversation with my VA actually just yesterday. We, I had heard about this really great idea and I thought, wow, that is really cool. I really want to do that in my business. You know, Lindsay, can you go research that, learn how to do it and set this up? And so she did. And then we had a conversation about the next steps, but we started the conversation saying, okay, what what about this idea is going to solve a problem for me, right? Mm, that's a right. great what, question. What about this? Because it's really a cool idea and I'm glad that you're able to go do it and put it in place for me, Lindsay, but I want Lindsay spending her time doing things that are going to really help me and not just add on things that are you know, kind of fluff. Mm-hmm. And so we had to get down to the bottom of, okay, what if this new thing really helps me and how do I want you to implement that so that it's helpful to me and not just something else to do. So I think really prioritizing the things because we know we all have limited resources. We all have limited budgets. Um, You could spend a lot of money on a VA just doing Mm -hmm. stuff. That's not really the stuff that's going to move, move you forward. So evaluate the task you're going to give to the VA through the same priorities of what you would spend your own time on that because they're important and they really need to be done. Yeah, that's so great. Oh my gosh. That, that, and it just ties back into what you've already been talking about, right? Just really prioritizing and uh, making sure we're solving problems. We're not just like creating work for ourselves, right? Right. Do you have any special tools you like to use when you're managing? I know you mentioned Trello earlier when you're managing kind of your projects or your communication with your VA. Trello, I do almost all of that in Trello. So my projects are in Trello. Um, My communication with my VA is even in Trello, not in email. And so we have a board just for my communication with her and a list for each of the projects I have her working on and then a card for each of the tasks in that in that project. 
then we have one master list that has a link back to all of those things so that she can she can see where the priorities are. We can move the priorities around every week of what I need her to work on. So yeah, Trello is the go-to that I use working with my VA. Oh, good. And I know it's easy to use. It's a free mm-hmm. app. I'll be sure and put a link in the show notes for that as well. But yeah, we're both fans of Trello, I know. Okay, so... This has been amazing, Krista. I want to hear you share some resources with our listeners because I know everyone will want to get in touch with you after this. And I want you to be sure and share, of course, I mentioned in the intro, but we be sure and share also about your podcast and about your amazing book that can help our listeners also implement some of the things they heard about today. The podcast is uh, just one simple thing, and it is short, uh, usually around 10 minutes, where we tackle one problem that Christian creatives have, and we give you a few tips to solve it, and then give you one simple action plan to put into place to make progress in that area. So it's very concentrated and very actionable and very biblically based. We pull um, scripture or a Bible story and look at it through a different lens as we look at the issues that we face. And it's Um, so so good. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) And that is the podcast. The book is called Moving Forward Inspiration for the Go-Getter Jesus Girl. And I call them inspirations because I feel like they're not quite deep enough to be devotions, but there's there's, uh, 28 short little inspirational writings that will um, help you dream a dream, make a plan, find your people and do your thing. So that is the book. And then one of my favorite resources I have available now is uh, the quiz. It's called What Kind of Stuck Are You? So you can take the quiz and you'll find out whether you are a daydreamer, an idea factory, or a go-getter. And each of those have their own special flavor of things that are (laughs) keeping them stuck. And you'll uh, receive um, some resources to help you get unstuck based on what you are. It's about $50 worth of free resources you get when you take the quiz. So you can head over to doanewthing.com slash quiz to take that directly, or I'll, you'll find it, the link on the mania page that I create as well. So I love that. And everything that we all just heard in the episode, uh, I just, Krista, you just lived that out so well. And everything you talk about on your blog, on your social media, your podcast, your book, it all just meshes and it's all a short and doable and impact so many. I've heard so much feedback about your podcast that everybody loves that they're short and they're doable mm-hmm. episodes and they just, you know, focus on one thing, do one thing, do a new thing. And they, it's, it's so easy to take action on it. I love your podcast. And I hope thank everybody you so much. hops over there and gives it a listen. So thank you so much for being my guest today, Krista. It's been a pleasure to have you on the Book Marketing Mania podcast. It has been a pleasure being here. I know the podcast is going to be a huge success because like I said, we've all been waiting for you to do this. So I'm excited for you. Thank you. You're so sweet. Okay, friends, can you see why I love Krista so much? She's so passionate about helping others. So my challenge for you this week, go check out her free resources that she mentioned today and they'll have them linked in the show notes. And just remember, some things are going to wait. Some things we're going to put on the shelf. And remember, we can launch our books more than once. We can keep talking about our book as we meet new readers. We can save some things for later and spread them out. When we see others doing really cool things, we can make a note of it. And we'll know we're going to do it next time. We want to put a strategy in place to either launch our book or maybe just to get new eyes on older books. So remember, you don't have to do all the things. You just want to do what works right for you and your readers and when it works right for you and your readers. 
Hey, friends, before you go, I'd love to get your support in helping other authors find the show so they, too, can learn how to meet new readers, market their message, and make an impact online. Would you consider rating the show and writing a quick review so more authors can find it and tune in? I would be so grateful for that. See you next time.